Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Okay, so if you, if if I went to your wife and I asked her what I'm alive, I'm sorry, <laughs> and I asked her what what her like the number one quality in you that she would change would be, what would she say? Ooh, um, probably my organization skills. I am not a very organized person. Not to say that I am a dirty person. I like cleanliness, but I'm not exactly organized. If that makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What, what, what about what about your Ms. What about Mrs. Rakes? Well, I I, I don't have to wonder because I actually ran into this situation. Not long ago, she she came up to me the other day and and told me I was just being entirely too immature. Oh, and yeah, I mean, I I got pretty upset by that. So I said, look, you get out of my fort right now. (laughs) Was it a uh, pillow or blanket fort? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking bacon. Not that much. What are you drinking today? Uh, I have gone back to Old Faithful because I've been very busy this weekend and did not make it to the grocery store. Good old Miller Lite, Miller but, Lite. but, but, I poured it in a pint glass, so I am hashtag fancy. fancy Swig of beer boy. for the working man. Cam's a fancy boy. Yes. <laughs> Sitting here in my tuxedo now as I record the show. <laughs> well, I... What about you? I went to, uh, actually, I DM'd you about this because I'm very excited, but I went to the grocery store this week and made a, a very pleasant discovery. It is it is one of my favorite times of the year, and that is the time when Oktoberfest beers start coming out. Yes. So what I've got in front of me is a Clawhammer Oktoberfest Martzen Lager from Highland Brewing in Ash- Asheville, North Carolina. Ich bin ausgescheisnet. <laughs> I don't believe that that's swig of beer for the working man in German. It is not. It is. I am excited because I, too, am glad to hear that Oktoberfest beers are hitting the shelves. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, it's my it's just my favorite beers. I love it so much. So good. Oh, so man. Good. But after going to that game today and getting all the sun I got, I know when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to need a sports drink. Hey. And speaking of which. This show and many fine others are brought to you by Sports Drink Media. Uh, It's a podcast platform where you can find us as well as our friends Doc and Dylan over at the Platinum Sombrero Podcast. And speaking of Doc and Dylan at the Platinum Sombrero Podcast, you can hear them every Thursday on Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is an audio-only sports talk platform that's basically like a live podcast. You get on there, you log on to whatever show you want to listen to, and you can actually join in and interact with the hosts as they're hosting. 
Uh, pretty cool. Basically, Dylan will get on there during games and uh, and go over what's going on in real time. And you can give instant feedback on that. Cam and I have actually been talking about doing a uh, doing a game later this season where we basically do the uh, the commentary for it. So, uh, so but so, unfortunately, yeah. 27 of our last 30 games occur on the West Coast. So <laughs> <laughs> that does make it a little bit difficult. But go to the iOS store or uh, what's the other one? Uh, Google Play. Go to the iOS or Google Play Store and download Spotify Green Room for free today. I'm not a poor. I have an iPhone. <laughs> that that was okay. That yeah. was mean. That we're was terrible. No, no, we're, that was terrible. I'm so not, sorry. We're not doing that. That 2018 <laughs> high school bullcrap. All right. I don't care if you, you have an iPhone or an Android. It does not matter. You green bubble goobers. <laughs> God, I hate you so much. I'm so sorry. So, so I, I, so. I, hate you, I say I hate you so much, but I don't hate you nearly as much as the New York Mets hate you. <laughs> 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 I didn't think we were going to lead off of this. so sorry that you have to edit my sound levels on that right there <laughs> oh god oh, wait this is i just blew snot out of my nose holy <laughs> hell this is some of the most entertaining stuff i have ever okay. read in my entire life so so uh okay 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 full full disclosure alex i've, I've already told you this but i think i think the listeners need to know um I helped my sister move this afternoon. Um, they, her husband and, and her just finished building their brand new home, which is very exciting for them, and I'm very happy for them. And I helped them move today, but it was also 97 damn degrees outside in North Carolina today. <laughs> so I came home, and um, I've enjoyed a few here this evening, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm feeling good. In, in the words of... Um, God, what was his name? George Thorogood. There it is. And the Destroyers. I'm feeling one good. One scotch, one beer. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling mellow. Okay. <laughs> this, okay. Taking two out of three from the Giants was great. And we're going to get into that later in the show. But this, this New York Mets story. This is the best thing that's happened is, to the Braves all day. Easily. This is the. This is the best thing that has happened to Average Chatting. <laughs> chatting Average is the name of our show. I don't know why I just referred to us as our Twitter username. This Good is the Lord. best thing that ever happened to our podcast. This needs to be a short episode. My God. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so. To, set, to set the stage briefly, uh, earlier today, uh, this story comes out, and, and uh, I imagine uh, Cam and I, like most of you, don't actively watch a ton of Mets baseball when they're not playing the Braves or on national television. Um, what 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 I didn't know that this was a thing, but apparently Mets players. Um, so if you remember how the Braves would do the mix it up thing when they got a big hit, and now they're doing the uh, the 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 Heredia sword. Um, so yeah. 
lots of teams have things like that that they do as like their team celebration, right? So yeah, uh, the Mets had one where when they would get a hit, they would they would do they would do thumbs down. Okay, and then you know whatever it catches on, nobody really understands the origin of it. But somebody asked Javi Baez today what that's about, and Baez essentially said, "Well, when we don't perform well, the fans boo us. So when we do perform well, we're gonna boo the fans." I am not making that up in the slightest. <laughs> So, Soft as Charmin. So you have my goodness. players on the field uh, a- after posting <laughs> a record that was like 12 games below 500 for the month. Like, um, so have at, them it, <laughs> booing their own fans. So into, into today, Um, hang on, I've got it somewhere they're like they're like eight and 19 for the month of august i i can't imagine honestly yes mets fans can be uh bad but i can't imagine a fan or fan base on earth that wouldn't start booing their team a little bit after a run like the run the mets have been on but the story didn't end there Actually, just before we hit record on this episode tonight, uh, a statement was released from Mets president Sandy Alderson. And I'll, I'll, I'll read that to you right now. Again, not making any of this up. In a post-game press conference today, Javi Baez stated that his thumbs-down gesture during the game was a message to fans who recently have booed him and other players for poor performance. These comments and my and any gestures by him or other players with a similar intent are totally unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Mets fans are understandably frustrated over the team's recent performance. The players and the organization are equally frustrated, but fans at City Field have every right to express their own disappointment. Booing is every fan's right. The Mets will not tolerate any player gesture that is unprofessional in its meaning or is directed in a negative way towards our fans. I will be meeting with our players and staff to convey this message directly. Mets fans are loyal, passionate, knowledgeable, and more than willing to express themselves, and we love them for every one of these qualities. Oh, boy. Okay. So, let's... I, I'm, I'm going to kind of jump ahead on this week in baseball history because one of my facts comes from the 1961 season, arguably one of the most exciting seasons in all of baseball because you had Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris chasing after Babe Ruth's single season home run record. Of course, Mickey Mantle was the, I shouldn't say hometown hero, but of course the Yankee hero at that point. Roger Maris was still a relative newcomer for the Yankees, didn't exactly fit the Yankees style, but was very much in the race and led most of the season in home runs for the Yankees uh, up against Roger Maris. And eventually, of course, he broke Babe Ruth's record that season, yada, yada, yada. There also came a point at that season where Roger Maris spoke out against the New York fans 
And I can't remember his exact comment, but it was something along the lines of maybe I'm not the guy that the Yankees, Yankee fans want to see. Some, something along those lines, right? Because he was getting a lot of grief, even, you know, when, when he struck out or, or whatever, essentially whenever he didn't hit a home run, he got a lot of grief from the hometown fans, whereas Roger Maris was always the darling in the New York crowd. My point in saying all of this is Javi Baez is not exactly the first person to speak out against the fans. Hey, as Braves fans, you can probably look back to David Justice's comments during the 1995 season. He, too, um, got booed by Braves fans for making comments about the fans' loyalty and whatnot. Did, but did, my did, point did, here. Did, can't, can't, didn't Dansby yes. Swanson had some words about Braves fans earlier this year? I'm actually typing a tweet about that right now. Um, <laughs> but my point in all this is that, sure. You can speak out against the fans if you so choose. But it's probably not going to work out in your favor because it rarely ever does. Um, so, first off, this was incredibly dumb by Javi Baez to admit. that you, you could have given any kind of reason for why you're doing the thumbs down gesture. Hell, the easiest reason is say, oh, it's a gladiator reference. You know? Sure. Anything. Like, 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 like seriously, no explanation whatsoever. Like none, it, no, you, you don't have an explanation. Why, why, why are we doing a sword explanation? Why, why, like, why, why are we doing a sword celebration? Because they want to. Like a- exactly. Like, like seriously, you don't, you don't have to give an explanation. If you are, make something up. But why? <laughs> New York. Well, we know the, the most... Mets aren't good at making things up. Do you remember uh, when they had the fight in the uh, <laughs> in the clubhouse? <laughs> And then they told the reporters that it was just an argument over whether something was a rat or a raccoon. Yes. Which I, I, still, I still think it's funny. And I still think it's clever because I think locker room disagreements happen more often than we actually realize. And oh, that one, yeah, that one just happened to get picked up on. So they, you know, they made a comment to try to save face and, you know, everybody knew what they meant by that. Whatever. Move on. I didn't mind, you know, that that's, that's whatever. And, and that's honestly kind of funny, but you, you could have given any kind of answer. Like, you, you didn't even have to explain it. You can just say, oh, I, I don't know. It's just something that we came up with, yada, yada, whatever. The issue, the issue with this is that, number one, everybody knows the New York market has rabid fans, plain and simple. I mean, it, 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 was, it was Yankee fans' number one complaint about Sonny Gray when he pitched for their team that, oh, he, he can't handle the New York market. Could be true, could not be. I don't know. He's finding great success in, in Cincinnati this season, whatever. So that, that that's a given, that the New York fan base are, are is rabid, okay? So as a New York player, you can expect reactions from your New York fan base when you don't do well. Number two, the Mets have not done well <laughs> this month. No. They, so their fans have enough reason to be upset with their performance and to boo their performance. I can go ahead and tell you that if the Braves went eight and 19 this month after sitting in first place for the majority of the season and seemingly fell 11 spots in the standings to basically throw away the season. It looks like at this point on the current path they're on, I'm sure there would be some Braves fans booing in the uh, stands. Undoubtedly. So 
the Mets fans have every right they want. First off, you have every right, every right in the world when you pay your ticket to cheer, boo, whatever, as long as you're not breaking the rules of the stadium. You know, that that's kind of the way I look at it. And then my biggest issue with this entire thing, and it, it comes down to an organization point, and, and the Mets president has kind of hit the nail on the head that, like, they've got to have a serious discussion about this, is that the locker room leadership for, for the Mets, whoever that may be, I don't know who they consider their leader at, at, at this point. I don't know who that guy is. But somebody let this slide if it was known in the locker room that, hey, the reason we're going to do this gesture is because of this. Oh, it was absolutely known in the locker room. And that that's my whole thing with it is that the locker room, it had to have known that that's why they were doing that. And, and by extension, the front office had to have caught wind of it at some point. And they were all just going to ignore it. And that would have worked just fine if Javi Baez hadn't gone to the media and told them exactly what they were doing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, Javi, I think, is is the scapegoat on this because, like, you got to let the cat out of the bag for why you were doing this. But. Two, I think what it boils down to is the leadership in the locker room of, you know, everybody had to have known why you were making this gesture. You know, there's no way it was just like a couple of guys saying, hey, we're going to do this thing. No, you know, stuff like that is known amongst the team of, you know, it's not like Freddie Freeman hit a home run one day, came to the dugout and wondered why Pablo Sandoval was standing at the end with a panda head on. You know what I mean? Like. Every everybody knew before the game that like oh hey Pablo's got a panda head so if you hit a home run go down there to him like I, yeah I don't know I, I think this is <laughs> this is a big problem for the Mets and as as a as a Braves fan I kind of can't help but just laugh at it all <laughs> oh it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great to watch this just epic implosion for the rest of the season for further proving and and you know we we've said it. Oh no. Uh oh. Oh no. What what what? Uh Taiwan Walker <laughs> just tweeted out three crying laughing emojis. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be the story of the week. Okay, isn't it? if you're a Met, just go ahead and delete your Twitter right now. Um, nothing good's going to come of it. <laughs> You're not going to oh, do boy. anything but make this situation worse. Yeah, yeah, this, I don't know. This situation is just wild to me. Um, but I, I think it, it, it goes to prove kind of kind of like the Phillies struggle over the past couple of seasons that yeah you can go out and you can spend all this money you can grab all these big names and throw them on your roster but it doesn't exactly equal success looking at you San Diego Padres yeah yeah I, oh boy that uh yeah that that's that's a that's another one that we're, we're gonna have to talk about this week because oh boy uh, yeah they're having they're <laughs> they're having a pretty rough go of it Yes, they are. Yes, they are. 
All you know right, who is I'm not? Just... Hang on, hang on. You know who is not having a rough go of it? Who's that? Salvador Perez. Oh my goodness. Okay, so <laughs> I, I so I, I sent you I sent you a message earlier today. Um, little little inside baseball here. Usually on on Sunday afternoons, I'll send Alex a message with like. Hey, here's some talking points that I want to talk about on the show this week. And one of them emphatically was Salvador Perez. So a little inside baseball here. Every Sunday afternoon, I'll send Alex a a list of things that I would like to discuss on the show. And one that I sent him this afternoon emphatically was Salvador Perez. So Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals has hit a home run in five straight games, which is an American League record for a catcher. But it goes beyond that because the past couple of weeks, this dude has been on an absolute tear. And also this week, he hit a grand slam in back-to-back games. (laughs) This is a dude who is just going off right now. And every time I, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here watching Kansas City Royals games, but I swear it's like every day I see another tweet come out about him that, like, he's something he's done. And it's insane. Well, the Royals might actually be a fun team to pay attention to for a little bit because, it, you know, just about They're not every terrible. Year, They're not just, terrible. Just about every year it seems like there's one team towards the end of the season that is out of playoff contention, but has decided that they're going to relish the role of playing spoiler and and keeping oh. other teams out of the postseason. And oh, oh, be, beyond the beyond the Royals, it's also the, the the Detroit Tigers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, so I I don't know I don't know if you realize this, but like in the past 100 games, the Detroit Tigers have a winning record. <laughs> they had a horrible start to the season. But they have a – they're like, I don't know, like 58 and 42 or something like that in their past 100 games. That's just bonkers. Yeah. So – They're in third place. Yeah, in a very horrible division. <laughs> they're, but they're only seven games below 500. They're 62 and 69. <laughs> yeah, they they are not the, the, the Tigers of the past couple of seasons. They have made some steps <laughs> – they're ahead of the Twins by four and a half games. Yeah. Talk about the Twins, though. The E. e. I, I do not want to go back to our season preview episode and hear what I had to say about the Twins. No, I'm I'm pretty sure we both called the Twins winning that division. I'm willing to bet. Um, I, I think I might have gone White Sox, but uh, the Twins, I think I had a toss-up between the White Sox and Twins. Yeah. So... Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe toward the end of the season, maybe like the, our episode, the week before the last episode of the regular season, maybe we can kind of do a season wrap up and look at all the teams and how they ended up. Maybe we can plan to do something like that. That's kind of like a season, season ender, uh, a pre post season. Yeah. Yeah. deal. Well, that'll be a fun thing to do in the future, but uh, for now, why don't we take a look back at the past with some uh, some cool moments from this week in baseball history? Let's do it. All right. We are going to jump into this week in baseball history. 
As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is August 30th through September 5th. Our first fact comes to us from August 30th, 2006. Adam LaRoche's nine total bases and three RBIs helped the Braves beat the Giants at Turner Field 5-3. The 26-year-old first baseman's offensive output includes three doubles and a triple. Adam LaRoche, former Brave. How often do you remember that? Uh, as as little as possible. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> he's, uh, he's definitely one of those names that I'm like, oh, yeah, he did play for the Braves, didn't he? It's we've been so spoiled over the past decade that it's at this point, it's almost difficult to remember when we were just shuffling through first baseman there for a little while. Yeah. Also, hearing that Adam LaRoche was 26 years old at one point is weird to think of because I always <laughs> because I always figured he was like 34 his entire career. Yes, he, he was. He was he was born well into his 30s. Yes, like they're just there are just guys that you always assume are one particular age. Like the day that we're like the day that the Braves tweet out something like happy 30th birthday to Ozzy Albies, I might just crawl into a hole and die because that's not going to be something that I can comprehend. Right. And and on the on the flip side of that, there are people like Don Rickles, who was never below the age of 50 at any point in his life. Oh no no okay so so little little inside baseball you and I are in a a wrestling group chat right yes and and earlier this week I brought it to everybody's attention that when the four horsemen formed in 1985 that Arn Anderson was only 26 years old <laughs> and I could have sworn the man was 42 his entire wrestling career yeah, and and the the funny thing is that his son is wrestling now, and, and also looks forty two. He does. I saw him this week. Oh boy, fun stuff. All right, our next fact comes to us from September first, nineteen thirty one. So ninety years ago this week, Lou Gehrig for the third time in four days hits a grand slam. Good Lord. The Bronx Bomber first baseman's third inning bases loaded home run off of Ed Morris proves to be the difference in New York's 5-1 to victory over Boston at Yankee Stadium. So I know I know a couple, I think it was a week or two ago that we talked about a year ago being San Diego's start on their big run of Slam Diego last yes. season. What was it, four straight games of the Grand Slam? Five. Something like that. It was okay. it was crazy. I think okay. I think it wound up being like five out of six or something. Okay. Yeah. So as crazy as that is, I think this is crazier. Oh yeah, one player Th- doing that. Three grand slams in four days for one guy. So not only did circumstances have to prevail to where th- in th- in three times in four days he came up with the bases loaded, but he also pulled it off three times in four days. Right. Well, and it was uh, uh, not equal to that feat, but but something that was probably equally surprising was uh, was last season, Freddie Freeman had never hit a Grand Slam in his entire career. And didn't he do it on back-to-back days or like two out of three? 
It was two out of three. Yep, yep. He had, he had a grand slam on a Friday game and then hit a grand slam again on Sunday. <laughs> Guys, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the show here for a minute and I'm gonna tell you something you may or may not have learned about Cam. Oh. Um, not only could Cam tell you what day of the week this random stat happened. He could probably tell you what the weather was that day, exactly how many miles an hour the wind was blowing. Like the memory this guy has for the most random things is is one of the craziest feats of humanity I've ever encountered. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> like, like he will I, out of nowhere talk about uh, a a wrestling match that happened at a pay-per-view that was never on TV from like 1994 before this dude was even freaking born. Um, hey, I was, I was born in 93, sir. <laughs> Still, yeah. It's, I, it's crazy. Yeah. I think it was in the last week or week before the last, I spouted something off to you in between segments off air and you called me rain man. Um, that's okay. I didn't know such thing. You called yourself Rain Man. That is not true. You called me Rain Man. Are I, you gonna no, argue? I did not. Are you gonna argue with me that you? Okay. Okay. Fine. Whatever. 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 I, whatever. Swear, I I call I called you out for having having that crazy talent, and you you were like, oh, I'm kind of like Rain Man. Okay. Fair enough. Whatever. Ninety years ago, Lou Gehrig did some cool shit. Next fact. <laughs> September 3rd, 1961. Mickey Mantle and Roger Maris become the first teammates to each hit 50 home runs in the same season when the Mick goes deep twice, including a round tripper in the ninth to tie the score in the Yankees' 8-5 walk-off victory over Detroit at the Bronx ballpark. Roger Maris, who also blasted a pair of home runs against the Tigers yesterday, has hit 53 home runs in his pursuit of Babe Ruth's single-season mark of 60. So, I've said it once, and I've said it a thousand times. Go watch the movie 61. It is phenomenal. It is one of the more underrated, under underviewed baseball movies out there. And really, it's such a fascinating story of the 1961 season. Um, I'm kind of ashamed <clears throat> to say that I've never seen that movie. Oh, Alex, you've got to find it. You, you, you've got to watch it somewhere, whether it's on Prime Video or, or something. You've got to see it. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's really cool. And it, it's a story that once you, once you hear it, you'll be like me convinced that the 61 season is one of the cooler seasons as far as storylines go. I mean, you had two players on the same team chasing after a single season record from a player from the same team. And so you had all of this controversy and just you know dichotomy between the fans and the media and then the players and you know it, it's a very just kind of like real story that you know kind of punches you in the chest at a couple of times where you you know Roger Maris never really seeked the limelight at all he was just a guy that wanted to go out there and play baseball whereas Mickey Mantle was a guy who was good, was great, and knew how great he was, and didn't mind being the center of attention. So you had two very different kinds of players going after the same exact record. One was loved, one wasn't exactly appreciated. Um, and then in the end, you know, it's kind of a tragic story because Roger Maris didn't ever really receive his actual recognition that he deserved for breaking the record. Sure. Um, yeah. 
but great movie. Great movie. Go 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 check it out. It, it's by it, it's produced and directed by Billy Crystal, who you know, as we all know, is a huge Yankees fan, but is a huge baseball historian in his own right, and he did a top notch job with this movie. All right, our final fact comes to us from September fifth, nineteen twenty one. Elmer Smith establishes a major league record collecting seven straight extra base hits over two days. The 28-year-old Indian outfielder from Sandusky, Ohio, bangs out four home runs and three doubles during the streak. So it's cool, but I bring this up because Sandusky, Ohio was the home of Callahan Auto Parts. Callahan Auto Parts. I was was wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Boy being one of my favorite movies. Sandusky, Ohio, home of Callahan Auto Parts. That's literally the only reason I picked this fact. <laughs> well, um, actually, uh, before we started recording, I, I told you that I hoped you would skip one because I found one that I wanted to do. Okay. And, and you did. So yes. here it goes. Okay. September 1st, 2009. Ooh. In his first game back from the DL after suffering a torn right testicle when a bad hop grounder hit him in the groin, Adrian Beltre hears the Nutcracker Suite when he steps into the batter's box. Mariner teammate Ken Griffey Jr. arranged to have the Safeco Field PA system play the waltz to have some fun with the third baseman who decided not to wear a protective cup until after the injury. (laughs) <laughs> so first off all king time troll Ju- job king griffey jr might be the greatest troll i've ever seen <laughs> all timer that that is amazing secondly if i if i broke a testicle <laughs> you could you could go ahead and just put me in the ground because i'm not coming back from that no, no. i'm done i'm done it's over it's over i will never speak another word on this earth which includes never speaking again on spotify green room <laughs> nice segue alex yeah spotify green room of course brought to you by sports drink media the purveyors of this fine podcast can be found on all apple and android devices downloaded it. it's like an interactive podcast voice only hop on join your friends talk about sports media movies pop culture, whatever you want to talk about. Of course, Alex and I keep hinting that we're going to do a live play-by-play Braves game here in the very near future, so be on the lookout for that. We're going to go ahead and do it. We hope that you can join in on Spotify Green Room. Download it today, again, on the Apple Play, on the Apple Store and on Google Play. Spotify Green Room, hop on. All right, guys. We will be right back to recap the last week for the Braves and take a look at what's ahead. All right, so the Braves were coming off of the hottest week they've had in the entire lifespan of the Chatting Average podcast, Uh, and it got a lot tougher this week. Had a two-game set on Monday and Tuesday against the Yankees, had a three-game set against the team with the best record in baseball uh, this weekend against the San Francisco Giants. So we start back on Monday, Yankees at the Braves. It's Mike Soroka bobblehead night. Mike Soroka is in the booth. We've got Jordan Montgomery and Waskar Ainoa taking the hill. And uh, Stanton happened. Yeah, yeah. That, even if, the, that even, though he's not with, 
Yeah, even though he's not with Miami anymore, he's still a thorn in our side. Uh, fun fact, the hardest home run I've ever seen hit in person came off the bat of John Carlos Stanton when he was still playing with the Marlins. It was an abs- it was an absolute laser to dead center field at Truist Park, and I will never forget it. I I I was I was actually there for Stanton's home run on Monday uh, against the Braves, and it was uh, it it was a doozy. Um, the the thing that gets me is he's just he's so big and strong that he doesn't need to take like violent hacks at the ball at no. all. No, it's such a just it's such a just a short, compact swing. Yeah, uh, and it it looks so effortless. Like it, it's I, un- I think I it's saw unreal. That it was like 119 miles an hour coming off the bat. I think I read that that is the hardest hit home run in Truist Park history so far. Yeah, I, in terms think, of exit velocity, and I, 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 I don't doubt it. It's the fastest in the Statcast <laughs> era. Unreal. Like but, that that guy just has unreal power. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it was a it was a good game through the fifth inning, uh, tied it tied at one to one before the Yankees just started tacking on some more runs, got two in the sixth, added two more in the eighth, ultimately won the game five to one. Uh, the real stories for them were were, of course, Stanton, who we just talked about. Aaron Judge as well had a had a great game going two for four. Uh, and Jonathan Loisaga. This guy is he was pitching like one of the best relief pitchers I have ever seen in person that night. It it was absolutely insane. He went two innings, uh, allowed only one hit and struck out four. And his stuff was just filthy. Yeah, well, he's had a heck of a season all year, hasn't he? He really has. He he has. Yep. I it you know, it, it was just you're, you're coming off a nine-game winning streak, and at some point you're going to lose one. It, it, it didn't really feel like a bummer of a night. It was a bad couple of innings. But I think everybody really enjoyed having Soroka in the booth. Like, that that guy that has was, a, That was the one downside of having been at the game was I didn't get to listen to any of that. And uh, I had actually just recently listened to a podcast he was on last week. Um, and, and he was really good on it, so I, I was I – was, Kind of excited for him to be in the booth, but uh, um, yeah, I mean, first off, he has he has a great voice for it, like naturally. But I don't know, and and it's, he's got it's a great worth, sense of humor. He has a great sense of humor, but the one thing that like we've always heard about Mike is that you know he's wise beyond his years, and but that really shows it in his commentary in the booth. Like this is a guy who is very just cerebral about the game. That, you know, at when when guys were either, you know, striking out or, you know, you know, it was making a pitcher. Mike was able to very quickly provide insight of like, here's why he did that or here's why that didn't work. You know, this is a guy who is just, you know, beyond a ball player, just a very, very smart, you know, strategist. And, you know, it, it's a shame that we've been robbed of, you know, essentially a year plus of of seeing that so you know here's hoping that maybe we'll get to see him see him next season come back healthy because my god what a baseball mind he is just in general yeah on top of the the immense physical talent that he also (laughs) has um the one thing we shouldn't overlook in this game was waskar i had had a really good outing and and 
He he goes six innings, allows four hits, three earned runs, struck out nine. Um, quality start. Quality start for Waskar against the Yankees, uh, a Yankees team that at this point had won 11 straight games and was just hitting the cover off of the ball. And he comes in and, and keeps you in the game for six innings. And, and I mean, you know, for a guy who, who's fresh off the injured list, Really, really have to be encouraged by that performance out of him. So from there, we go to the Tuesday game, uh, looking to split the series against the Yankees. Uh, We have Charlie Morton and Andrew Heaney on the mound. Charlie Morton gives us five innings, allows six hits, four earned runs, strikes out nine, but does allow two big home runs. Heaney goes four innings, allows three hits, two earned runs, strikes out five, doesn't allow any home runs, but had a lot of work out of the uh, out of the Yankees bullpen, um, and uh, the Braves were able to tack on uh, a run late in the ninth, despite being down five to three, and made it a very very interesting finish. Um, the the <laughs> there are some other things we'll talk about, but my one thing I will always remember about this game uh, was watching Aroldis Chapman pitch the ninth inning. Cam, were you watching this game? I was. Uh, Aroldis Chapman, fun fact, set a Guinness Book of World Records record for uh, sweatiest person to ever live. <laughs> it, I've, I've never I've never seen anything like that. Like his his hat was so saturated that when he would bend over to pick up the rosin bag, sweat would just pour off of the brim of his cap. Not not drip, but like literally pour, pour. It was like a faucet. <laughs> It was it was one of the wildest things I've I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and he he couldn't he couldn't get a grip on the ball. He kept going back to the rosin bag. Um, but by like in between him putting the rosin bag down and get, grabbing the ball to throw it, he would sweat so much that he couldn't keep his grip on the ball. Yeah, it was uh it was certainly a wild bottom of the ninth inning. But man. How fun would it have been uh, earlier in the game had a you know a certain call been made correctly and then oh boy up, had had a replay. couple had a couple of uh, uh, of umpire incidents. Um, I'm you know I'm I'm just I'm just gonna throw this out there I I don't have the energy to argue about the broken replay system because we've done it so many times on this show and it's really unfortunate that we keep having to harp on it but until there's some sort of accountability or some sort of reasoning provided when calls are made on the field then this is just gonna keep happening and it's just it unfortunate is the word and we're not the only team that this has happened to. No, there, no. There have by, been by teams, no means is this confined no, to the Braves. No, at least once a week there are replay calls that, you know, dick over teams in the, across the league. And it's just incredibly frustrating. Yeah, um, so so a bad review did cost Freddie Freeman a run, but but let's let's briefly overlook the bad review. Um there were a couple of of pretty bad base running errors that ultimately cost the Braves runs. Um, in my opinion, even though Freddie was clearly safe by replay, even though replay didn't, you know, just dis- ultimately decide that he was safe. I, he didn't have any business going on that. 
Um, By the time he passed third base, the ball was almost in the relay guy's hand. Um, So, I mean, it's it's a it's a miracle that he got home. But but we should never have had that situation. He should have he should have held up at third and let the let the middle of the order do their do their job and bring him home. Uh, and then had another issue with with Austin Riley later in the game, uh, put a ball in play uh, and tried to stretch it into a double when he really had no business doing so. I, I mean, again, it's 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 almost hard to critique because he did touch the bag and he did beat the throw, but his foot ultimately came off of the bag. Uh, and, and so he was called out rightfully. Um, but two big base running errors uh, that in retrospect ultimately cost us the game. Yeah, it was just, it, it was a game of, of missed opportunities and, and, you know, we did make it interesting in the, in the bottom of the ninth. Um, I don't know if I've ever openly complained about Chip Carey on this show, because as a as a fellow baseball broadcaster, I can tell you it's not it's not the easiest job in the world. But the way he called Freddie Freeman's hit at the at the bottom of the ninth inning, as if that ball had any chance of actually getting out and it was nowhere close, really irked me. Cam, he does that every game. Yeah, that's why I listen to the radio broadcast every game. It's it's bad. It's it's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Fun fact. So because I have MLB TV, I'm able to change the audio on my video broadcast. So Ooh. I I watch the video broadcast, of course, from Bally Sports, but I have the uh, Braves Radio Network audio overlay on it. Oh, very nice. I got to got to get that and try that out. Yeah. It actually works pretty well. It's a, it's kind of a new feature this season. It works pretty well. Nine times out of ten, it is synced just about perfectly. Every once in a while, like one or the other will be a second or so ahead of ahead of the other. But yeah, for the most part, it works pretty well. All right, so lose the series to the to the Yankees. Uh, luckily, we only had to play two games against them, so we didn't lose much ground. Follow that two game series up with. Two off days consecutively in the middle of a major league baseball season, which was kind of odd. Uh, luckily for the Braves, uh, the Mets and Phillies are the Mets and the Phillies, and both lost both of their games on the days off that uh, that the Braves had. So the Braves managed to gain ground in the in the NL East on their days off. Yeah. Uh, so from there, the San Francisco Giants with their 83 and 45 record come to town for the weekend series. Uh, this is a tough one for the Braves. Really need to get a get a hot start here. Did not start well for the Braves in the first inning. One of the weakest hit home runs I have ever seen off of the bat of Buster Posey somehow makes its way over the fence right near the foul pole in right field. Uh, gives gives the the Giants an early two to nothing lead. They take a three to nothing lead before the Braves score runs in the second and the third. Uh, ultimately, take a uh, four to two deficit into the seventh inning before the offense really explodes. In the seventh, you had the Albies double to center, scoring Jock Peterson, 
And then you had an absolute mammoth shot from Jorge Soler scoring Albies and Heredia uh, that put the Braves on top four to six before Will Smith did his Will Smith thing and gave up a home run in the ninth. Six to five final. Braves win. Crowd goes home happy. How much longer are we going to have to see Will Smith in the ninth inning, Cam? Um, when is his contract in? <laughs> Damn it. No, it's not the answer I want. What's the answer you're going to get? Uh, I, like, you can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse gif. <laughs> he, he comes into the ninth and he's giving up. He, he's walking people. He's giving up homers. He's giving up doubles. And somehow his defense saves him every time. The game on Friday, uh, the final out was made with a fin- fantastic play from Austin Riley at third base, uh, a play that could easily have caused the game to be tied, if not. Uh, put the put the Giants ahead. Um, bailed out Will Smith on that one, um, and, and we've just seen that we've seen that a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. It's or no, I'm I'm sorry. That was a that was an earlier game. The Friday game was the one where Jock Peterson closed out the game, <laughs> making the game saving catch, leaping into the wall uh, in front of the chop house. Yes, yes, you are right. Sorry, I, I, I kind of, I kind of laid my head back and closed my eyes. <laughs> All right, that means we need to get through these last two. Games. I was gonna say, at, at, at the thought of having to have another Will Smith conversation, I just, I just you know, decided. Can't, can't say I blame you. So the Braves take the first game of the series, go into the Saturday game against the Giants. Giants win five to nothing. Uh, another tough game for the Braves. Not much offense to speak of. Logan Webb, the the starting pitcher for the Giants, looked absolutely phenomenal. He went seven innings, striking out six and only walking one. Uh, Again, not to be overlooked, uh, the second tough luck loss for Waskar Inoa this week. Waskar again goes six innings, allowing two earned runs. Low strikeout total, only struck out three, but but a very solid start for him, despite the fact that his stuff wasn't at its very best that day. You know, though, six innings of two runs against the probably one of the honestly the best offense in the league. They certainly Uh, have the highest quite possibly. I mean, they certainly have the highest home run total in the league. Um Two runs across six innings, nothing to uh, nothing to snub your nose at. No, no, absolutely not. So uh, we'll we'll leave it at that and have Waskar as our positive takeaway from what was a rough game for the Braves. That leads us into the game that happened as we're recording today, the Sunday game. Oh boy, this was a fun one, guys. Ian Anderson finally comes back off of the injured list to make his first start coming off of the IL. First start since. Uh, since the All-Star break. So we hadn't seen Ian in a while. And he comes out, and it was like he never left. Ian goes five and two-thirds, allows four hits, no earned runs. Actually didn't strike anybody out, which is a little bit odd for him, but but really seemed to have good command of, of his stuff for a guy who hadn't faced a major league batter in uh, in a couple of months. 
I was going to say, it sounded like a, I, I was listening to a lot of the game just kind of in the car this afternoon. I knew you were at the game, but I, I was listening to a lot of it just running errands this afternoon and whatnot around town. But it sounded like it was a lot of just ground ball outs he was getting. Yep. yep. Yeah. Definitely yeah, it, uh, def- Definitely made his, uh, his defense work. But uh, when you've got an infield like the Braves had, that's okay. You can do that. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they're back there for. But. Um, and it sounded like maybe he was starting to lose command a little bit there in there in the fifth inning. Uh, kind of- a, a little bit, a little bit. I, I still think they could have left him in for a while, especially with the cushion that they had. But I suppose after 86 pitches, they didn't want to push it. Um, and the game was already in hand at that point. So really no, no big deal. No issues here with the, uh, uh, with the management there. Well, you know, partner Ian Anderson leaves this game qualified for the win. Absolutely. And he got it because the offense went off today. Had a mammoth home run from Jorge Soler into the Hank Aaron Terrace in the fourth inning, followed shortly by a mammoth Austin Riley home run scoring Freddie Freeman. Braves get out on top three to nothing in the fourth inning. Today was Eddie Rosario's first major league start for the Atlanta Braves. And he he welcomed himself to Atlanta with a two-run triple in the sixth inning to put the Braves on top five to nothing. Freeman comes out in the seventh, singles to center to score Albies. Peterson hits a sack fly. Heredia scores on a wild pitch. And then in the eighth inning, Albies hits a big home run as well. Braves win nine to nothing. An all-around fantastic game for the team. Really just, just the best possible way to end this week, taking a series from the team with the best record in all of baseball. So I, I, I noticed something that you just did and I did it as well earlier today on Twitter. What's that? I know. I noticed you said best record in baseball. Yes. And not best team in baseball. Correct. Okay. Cause I, I, I use that same exact phrasing today. Whether I don't or not I believe was- that they're the best team in baseball. I, I was going to say, it, and it was definitely intentional of me using it that way. Oh, same same here. No, no. I, I mean, in the regular season, in terms of, of division standings, you are what your record says you are to an extent. But you give me a seven-game series with the Giants against the Dodgers, I'm I'm not picking the Giants at all. I, I, can't, I wouldn't even think of picking the Giants. So they'll, they'll make the postseason. I do not ma- expect them to make a deep run. Yeah, I don't either. I, I could I could definitely see them being out in the first round. Yeah, I, it's if well, there's well, one well, thing well, that's going to save them. It's it's their pitching because they do have some really good pitching. When when Kevin Gossman's been on, he's looked like the best pitcher in, in baseball this year. Um, they have some really interesting relievers, um, including one guy whose release point uh, is actually below the rubber of the mound. Oh, it's so, wild. So to be able to switch up the looks you're giving hitters like that is is a nice thing to be able to bring into the postseason. Um, I, I just I don't I don't see this run keeping up for him. Yeah, nor do I, because everybody's kind of mystified by it because it doesn't make sense. Yep. Uh, unfortunately for the Braves, uh, the Phillies and the Mets both won their games on Saturday and Sunday, so they weren't able to expand their lead 
with this nine nothing win on Sunday. Uh, Braves currently sit at seventy and fifty nine with a four and a half game lead over the Phillies and a seven and a half game lead over the New York Mets. So it's gonna be gonna be a tough one to hang on to because we've got a pretty tough stretch coming up this week. Starting to well, as you're listening to this tonight, uh, the Braves will be in Los Angeles for a three game set against the Dodgers. First game starts at 10-10, will be broadcast on ESPN. Drew Smiley is taking the mound against Julio Urias. On Tuesday, another 10-10 start. Charlie Morton takes the mound against Walker Bueller. And on Wednesday, yet another 10-10 p.m. start. Max Freed takes on Max Scherzer in the Battle of the Maxes out west. I... I just want one out of this series. Just give me just give me one. Let's get the hell out of Los Angeles and worry about them when it matters in the postseason. Yeah, I don't know how how much of this upcoming series I'm actually going to see. Yeah, and that's that's another big problem. Uh, we're we're on a West Coast run. Um luckily for us, uh we're uh we've only got one series on this run in Pacific time. And then we come back one time zone to play the Rockies starting on Thursday for four games. Uh, Thursday and Friday will be 8.40 p.m. starts. Uh, on Thursday, we'll have Waskar Inoa taking the mound against John Gray for the, uh, for the Rockies. Um, on Friday, we'll have Ian Anderson taking on Antonio Senzatela. Um, I think... I, I, Again, a name I probably butchered. Uh, Saturday, an 8-10 start. Drew Smiley will be back up on the mound, taking on Herman Marquez. Uh, and Sunday, Charlie Morton will be back on the hill, taking on Austin Gomber. I haven't heard of a lot of these guys. Uh, but one thing I do know about the Colorado Rockies, um, they're, they're really good at home. Like, really good. They have... They have a ridiculous record at home. Hashtag, um, hashtag Coors effect. Yes. So the Colorado Rockies currently sit at 60 and 70 overall. So they're in fourth place in the NL West. Not a great team, right? Okay, let's look at their home and away splits. At Coors Field, the Colorado Rockies are 43 and 22. Interesting. Yikes. That that is that is bananas. <laughs> huh. Oh man, they <laughs> they're they're 16 and 48 on the road. Right. On the road the team has an OPS of 613. At home they have an OPS of 840. But don't oh, don't goodness. but don't the uh don't the Braves also have like the second most home runs in the National League? Uh they do. They do, but they they also are prone to cold streaks every now and then. So, uh hopefully uh we can shake that off by the time we leave Los Angeles and uh and take this series against the Rockies. Um cuz you've got you've got some tough ones down the stretch. You need to take every game you can from uh from teams that aren't as good as you. And quite frankly, the Rockies are not as good as the Braves. Fingers crossed. 
All right. Well, we don't have any voicemails to talk to you about this week, but just as a reminder, if you ever have a question or want to uh, or, or want to make a comment to the show, we will play it on the air, and you can do that by calling or texting 678-242-9408. So hope to hear from some of y'all this week. Uh, but hey, 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 before, before we wrap up, I want to throw this out there, too. What did I do? No, 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 no nothing, nothing. It is what the fans did the past couple of weeks. So, right. so everybody that jumped on our t-shirt sale that we had over the past couple of weeks, thank you. That was great. Yes, absolutely. And 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 look, we 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 did this sale. It doesn't seem like a lot, but we're not we're like basically we made it so we're we're hardly making anything on the t-shirts. We just want to get them out there. Uh, and a lot of you guys responded and and got our shirts. And I like cannot... way more than we actually yes. a- actually estimated would. And uh, I cannot wait to run into some of you sporting our gear at the Battery and Truist Park here coming up. Uh, so yeah, thanks to everybody who uh, who got in on that sale. And if you did happen to buy a T-shirt from us, whether it was before the sale or during the sale. Throw a picture out there on Twitter and be sure to tag us in it. We would love to. Uh, first of all, we we will absolutely retweet you, but we would guaranteed just, we, retweet and will totally gas you up online. Yeah, but we you know we we want to see that because you know those are those are our our creations and we're we're very happy about that. But we're also happy that it makes you happy. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up, Cam. I, I'm I, that uh, that was really cool to see the uh, to see the response and see these uh, some of some of these awesome designs you made shipped out the door. Thanks. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. For Mr. Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.